I want to have you go with me to Philippians uh, 2 for just a moment. I'm going to talk to you about triumphing over stinking thinking. Nobody here has that problem. Philippians. Aren't you glad you have the word? How lost would we be as a nation without the word? Philippians, and I'm already portions to you from chapter 2. Verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. King James says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. And basically this is a, a humble mind, a servant-hearted mind, someone who's not always just looking out for their interests, but ultimately the interests of others and what God would think. I'll go to Romans 8 real quickly. Romans 8. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm about to get a mind transplant. Romans 8. If you're there, say, I am there. And I'm going to also read it to you from the, uh, from the King James here, but going first with the NIV. About verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Isn't that good? So I can have one kind of a mindset today, and it's going to produce destruction and death in me, and I can have another kind of a mindset and it's going to produce life and peace in me. Doesn't the Bible tell us that he sets before us life, life and death, blessing and cursing? And he says in Deuteronomy 30, to choose life. One of the ways that you actively choose life is by choosing the kind of mindset that you're going to have. One will produce death and destruction. One will produce life and peace. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Now listen to this uh, from the King James. I'm going to read in verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Is death. To be carnally minded or controlled by thoughts that contradict the word of God is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you want more life and peace, the key is to have a spiritual mindset. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither, uh, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, that, um, if so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, I want to point out to you, and you've uh, heard this many times, you've probably quoted it many times, to be carnally minded is what? Death. To be naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded brings life and peace. The bottom line is, I could talk about triumph all year long. And matter of fact, I have talked about triumph all year long. 
And unless you do something about this mindset, and we'll talk more about the nature of that in just a moment, if you don't do something about that, there's no way you're going to triumph. These will just be sermons and church services and platitudes and good ideas. But if you yourself do not have a renaissance, a reformation, a restoration, a renewing of your mind to what God has said, all these things will just kind of just bounce right off of you. In a year, God's destined for triumph. There is no way to triumph and remain carnally minded. Can you see that today? But 1 Corinthians 2.16 says this to us. We have the mind of Christ. Come on, confess it. I have, I have the mind, mind of Christ. Say, we have, we have the mind of Christ. What does that tell us? It tells us that we carry with us always the potential for triumph. Always. Not out there somewhere, but we have and have access to the very mind or mindset of Christ. We have the key. We have the seed to ultimate triumph, and it's with us now. You can't sit here and say, well, you know, I try to, to renew my mind, and I try to do that stuff you're talking about. It just never works. Partly because you got this idea that it was something you do for a day. Or you tried it for a week. No, this is something that becomes a lifestyle. You know, there will be a day when you're not living in a war zone spiritually. There will be a day where you hear from God on Sunday morning and then all week long the enemy works through all kinds of voices to undermine what you've learned and what you believed in your values. That war is going to end one day. But can I tell you something? That day is not now. Brother Hagin said it best. Your mind does not stay renewed any more than your hair stays combed. And who got up this morning and didn't look at themselves? Well, don't answer that. I'll point you out. It'll be easy to find you. you. You got up and you, at least you looked at yourself to see if you had bedhead or, or something. And, you know, unless you have hair tattooed to your scalp to look like hair, or you have none at all, you know what you look like because you don't have any hair in your head. You know, you know as well as I do that if you don't look at yourself and you don't take an inventory you know, you're going to walk out and you're going to be a laughing stock to somebody. Amen? Let's put it this way. You're not going to be the best version of yourself. Hallelujah. You have to, you know, watch what's happening. You have to monitor what's going on. And, and you know that your hair is not going to stay in place night after night, week after week, month after month. But somehow we think that the mind will. If I go to a church service, if I make a few confessions, if I hit an SOS class and boom, I'm done, it's static, it is finished. That's not the way this works. There's no such thing as plateauing somewhere on a plane in the Lord and staying there in a safe place and then nothing ever undermines your faith, nothing ever undermines, you know, your mindset. No, you are constantly being undermined in this world. I mean, from the media to education to those that, that vehemently attack the things of God to, to social media. You know, uh, maybe you're in the habit of binge watching things, which you need to get into the habit of binge renewing your mind. Because whatever you're exposing yourself to is actually controlling and influencing the mindset or the spirit of your mind. Does that make sense? 
You know you need to get your mind renewed when you find it easy to rationalize away the plain teachings of Scripture under the guise of pursuing happiness. God just wants me to be happy. Well, I got news for you, but your happiness is not God's highest goal. I'm going to preach over here. God's ha- your happiness is not God's highest goal. I'm going to go over here. Your happiness is not God's highest goal. Amen, there it is. Oh. <laughs> he is all for you having joy that comes from his spirit. But you would be amazed the number of people that sit under the word of God for years and then when something their flesh wants, they will throw everything down they've ever been taught to justify the pursuit of that in the name of God wants me to be happy. And it's a dangerous place because all that tells me is that somewhere along the line, the mindset, the spirit of the mind has been compromised. When you're able just to throw down lifelong convictions, are you here today? Uh, How many understand, just as a a point of reference, God's never going to wake up one day and tell you that robbing a bank will be okay for you. There's a special dispensation for robbing banks for you. Well, we get that because that's blatantly obvious. Well, so should a lot of other areas in maybe the, the social stratosphere where people live every single day. But it's, it's never going to be God's will, you know, for you to break up somebody else's marriage. No, there's a special dispensation for me because I'm special. No, you're stupid. So that's not the same thing as special. Because you think that that doesn't apply to you. Well, I love them so, and, you know, she loves me, and we're just one big happy family. No, you're going to start in error, and it's going to end up in destruction. Does that make sense? Now, that same person would agree with me. Oh, there's no special dispensation for you to rob banks. Well, there's no special dispensation for us to violate plainly the teachings of Scripture. And say, what is behind that when somebody can walk with God, and we have seen this in and out of this church, throughout the body of Christ, somebody walks with God, and all of a sudden they just veer, like, you know, shot out to space in some weird, unbiblical, unexplainable direction. How did that happen? First of all, it didn't happen overnight. But the explanation is the, the mindset has now been controlled by other influences. So technically, in their heart, they believe in Jesus, they love the Lord Jesus, they want to go to heaven, they want to walk with God, but the mindset is not there to support their Christian walk in faith anymore. So I'm not saying they turned around and denounced the Lord, said, you know what, I don't care anymore, he's not real, he doesn't love me, I don't love him. No, your mindset can cause you to veer off in a direction that's completely contradictory to your core values. And that's kind of scary when you think about it. Come on, say it with me. It can happen to me. It can happen to anybody. You have to make sure you're paying attention to what's going on. So we move on here. Our perspective changes as the mind is renewed through the word of God. If you stop renewing the mind, it will return to its default condition, which is worldliness or carnality. You can have your mind renewed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Stop, give up a week, stop for a month, and your mind will reset to its worldly default. That's the way it is. Now, there's going to be one day that you and I are in glory, and the default is going to be spiritually mindedness. 
The default is going to be on the word all the time. The default right now is going to be worldliness and carnality until you keep your mind renewed and continue to keep your mind renewed. That's going to be the way it is. So all you have to do to revert back to a carnal mind is stop putting in the influences that will renew your mind to what God actually thinks and what he says. In other words, his word, his precepts, his values. Say, but I did it right for two years. That should last me the rest of my life. No, it doesn't. Amen. How many had a steak last year? When's the last time you had a steak? Yesterday. <laughs> she, she's my hero. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Well, that steak is not going to do her any good a month from now. It's not going to do any good a year from now. Because, you know, we know that the body needs to be renewed. The cells need to be replicated. We understand that, and that's done by nutrition. The same thing spiritually, unless you continue to put these things in, your mind is not going to be in a correct mindset consistent with the Word of God. You'll never know if you are indefatigable or unstoppable until you face obstacles and challenges to your goals and dreams. Raise your hand if you ever had an obstacle to a goal, a dream, or a vision. Or you just have a smooth sailing in life. I don't know very many people like that. You'll never know what it means to be unstoppable until you learn a few things concerning the Word of God. The bottom line is if you won't faint, you won't lose. Where? In my mind. If you don't quit here, you're not going to quit in life. If you don't faint here, you're not going to faint in the things that you're called to do. You'll just keep on walking with God and doing what you're doing. People may be falling by the wayside left and right, but as for you, you're going to walk with God and be successful because you refuse to entertain quit in your mind. What is that? That's evidence of a mindset that is spiritual and it is well-nourished. Our dominant thoughts are the best predictors of our future actions and direction. It's just like autopilot on an aircraft. They set that setting, and then that plane follows that course. Well, for you and for me, our thoughts represent that GPS. Our thoughts represent that autopilot. And here's the bottom line. We can either set that thing to a place of victory. We can set that thing to our destruction. We can set that thing to run our lives right into a mountain. And we have total control how that device was set. Years ago, a KAL airliner strayed into Soviet airspace years ago, and they didn't hesitate. They released a SAM missile and blew that thing out of the sky and killed everybody on board that aircraft, and they got to looking at the thing. There's a very small calculation, less than one-tenth of one percent off when they submitted that, that heading on that plane, and that got everybody in that plane killed. Yes, tensions were high, and ultimately the ones that shot it out of the sky are, are, are culpable. But you can see, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Dead is dead. Look at somebody and say it. Dead is dead. Destroyed is destroyed. If the pilot had said it correctly, there would have been no incident. There would have been no entering into the enemy's airspace. They would be alive. Hallelujah. Nothing, write this down, has more impact on your victory then your thought life, nothing. Which means and translates into nothing's going to impact your triumph this year more than your thought life. And there's nobody here that has the power to stop you from having a healthy mindset. Nobody here can make you have an unhealthy mindset. This is a personal decision for you and for me. 
Come on, say it. As for me, I'm going to have a spiritual mindset. My mind is going to be set in accordance with spiritual things. I'll tell you what, if you will set your life like that plane correctly, it's not going to fly you into the mountain. It's going to fly you into blessing. It's going to fly you into restoration. Hallelujah. It's going to fly you in the best days you've ever had in your entire life. Amen. COVID will just be a little asterisk somewhere in history. As a matter of fact, I expect COVID to go away November 4th. It's a miracle. Well, there's some of that. And the most dangerous things we deal with in life are those that are rooted somewhat in reality and then distorted by people and their agenda. But the bottom line is we're talking about how life is affected, your life is affected, how you set your own trajectory in terms of what you think every single day. No one can make you think anything. No one can stop you from thinking correctly. See, there's a reason why you can't defeat liberty in the hearts of people, in the minds of people. I don't care what you do to them. I don't care how you threaten them. I don't care who's in power. You can never take it away because it is a function of what people think and feel in their hearts and minds. Do you see this? No one can stop your victory because no one can stop you from having a proper mindset but you. And look, if this 2020 can be characterized by one thing, it can be characterized a whole, by a whole bunch of stinking thinking. And not just outside in the world. Amen. There's just as much stinking thinking going on in the house of God. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. Did I mention that Anna had a steak yesterday? <laughs> Say it with me. I choose to have my mind set to the things of God. This is your last day of stinking thinking. Well, what does stinking thinking look like? Well, it's negative for, for starters. It's pessimistic. It's cynical. It's defeatist. And maybe you let that get inside of you because you're battle-weary with all the nonsense going on. And in the natural, we could understand that. You know, the Things that have happened in this nation, uh, like 300 restaurants are in danger in New York City and the in surrounding area of never opening again. That's a big deal when you consider what people put into that. It's a big deal. People have lost dreams. They've lost loved ones. There are a lot of things that have happened during this season. And you could understand in the natural if people were negative. So what do I do? If you dwell on those negative thoughts, you're going to be in trouble all the days of your life. There has to be a reset. Something bad can happen, but it doesn't have to get on the inside of you. You can have an obstacle, or you can have some kind of a, you know, impediment in your life, but you know, with the grace of God, you can run right through that thing. You can be victorious, even though you've had some setbacks. Your setbacks don't define you. Your defeats don't define you. Your problems don't define you. Your challenges don't define you. This thing is not big enough, and it's not bigger than your God. He is still going to be the biggest dude in the room. He's like the John Wayne of life. Hallelujah. Who are you going to trust? The one who has all the power and all the knowledge? I mean, quite frankly, I'm amazed to listen to entertainers and celebrities. It's like they, they're almost like God. They're omniscient. They know everything. They can criticize our attorney general and call him the first black officer in our, in our state's history in that office, and call him a racist, and call him 
as someone who's made a bunch of mistakes in this case in Louisville. But can I tell you something? These people don't know anything about the case. Let me say it again. They don't know anything about the case and have the audacity to criticize somebody who knows everything about the case. That sounds like us and God, doesn't it? He knows everything. We know nothing and we're criticizing it. This is a messed up world. Well, I can tell you this. The one that knows it all, we have access to. And aren't you glad he left his thoughts behind so we could know, not guess, what he thinks? Hallelujah. Stinking thinking is negative. It's like that Eeyore. Wherever he goes, there's a cloud over his head. It's going to be a great day. Well, maybe. God's going to do great things in your life this week. You never know what God's going to do. What a terrible way to live. That that didn't happen overnight. You got comfortable with that. It's unscriptural, number two. Stinking thinking is unscriptural. It's blatantly contradictory. It can be partially true like the devil and Jesus in Matthew 4. It can be outright sinful, ungodly thinking and meditation. Thoughts of revenge, thoughts of lust, thoughts of hatred, variance, wrath, offense. Unscriptural. Number three, pitiful thinking is stinking thinking. Woe is me. Wish I'd never been born. Defeatist. Depressed. Moving in a realm where, you know, nobody cares, nobody knows. But can I promise you this? When you hear some voice tell you nobody cares, nobody knows, that's a lie. Because God knows and God cares. Scripture says that he cares for you. Point to somebody and say, he cares for you. Come on, say it again. He cares for you. It's pitiful. Number four, it's selfish. It's primarily focused on you, your wants, your needs, your situation. You're the center of the universe. Here's a revelation for you today. You're really not. Part of the despondency of life is, is kids sometimes are raised to think that they're everything and everybody else is just there to attend to them. And they have a revelation when they grow up that they're not the center of the world. It can be devastating. This is one of the things that happens to and child actors that are very popular, make millions of dollars, and they're real cute when, they, when they're little, and sometimes they grow up ugly. Sometimes the phone stops ringing. Sometimes all they were was cute, and now they really don't have the chops to make it. And their, their life apex when they were eight years old. Now they're no longer the center of the universe. This can be a very dangerous way to live. You're called to live selfless, not selfish. And that means what does God want in any given situation? Next, it's uh, worrisome. And all worry is is fearful meditation. You can lob in all kinds of fear here, but worrying about this. And if there's one thing you can say that 220 is marked by, an awful lot of worry for people. Well, you let that go, and what's going to happen is going to push out the peace of God. It's going to set your mind in a direction, in an atmosphere, in a spirit that's not going to cause triumph in your life. In fact, worry never produces anything. It is completely powerless to change your life. Mm-hmm. 
I think I'll just camp out here for a second. Because I could have swore I heard some ouches out there. Ouch, oh me. No, you give yourself over to worry. It doesn't produce anything. All it does is open up a, a door for the enemy to control that mindset with his thoughts and what he's doing instead of what God's trying to do in your life. It doesn't produce. Look at somebody and say, it's stinking thinking. Well, what happens when your thinking stops stinking? Here's what happens. You reap the rewards of a renewed mind, and they are great. Say that with me. The rewards of the renewed mind are awesome. Number one, discernment. When the mindset is right, you can discern between good and evil. Is that important today? Yes, in a day where they call evil good and good evil. Amy Barrett's not evil. What she stands against is evil. But that's not the day that we're in. If they could just stop and think how they sound. You're trying to take away my right. What right am I trying to take away from you? And incidentally, there is no right to abortion in the Constitution. And you have to really stretch to impress upon the right of privacy to the right to take an unborn child's life. But just think about this. You're trying to take away my right. Right to what? Right to an abortion. I'm trying to take away your right to kill another human being. You don't have a right to kill another human being. See, the mindset controls everything. And so powerful is the wrong mindset controlled by the enemy that you can put on your little robe and your little religious collar and stand outside an abortion clinic with other people of like, not precious faith, but ignorant faith and dedicate a killing center in the name of Jesus Christ? I don't know what the lowest level of hell is. But some of these people are going to find out. Dedicating a, an abortion mill as a minister, really, that's how far this mindset can go. And you know what? You couldn't talk it out of them with a baseball bat. That deceives that much has already been ingrained in them. There's no talking about it. I mean, the woman's not even nominated yet, and they already came after her. Hallelujah. Well, that's why we have to pray. When your thinking stops stinking, number two, your mental health increases. It's a whole lot better when you're not being tormented by fear and negative, unspiritual, and unscriptural thinking. When you're not sitting around having pity parties every day, your mental function is bad. You're tougher. You're resilient. You're functioning the way you're supposed to. Number three, when your thinking stops stinking, your memory works better, short-term and long-term. You're not constantly being inundated by everything that is wrong and in error. Now you're being supported and buttressed by the things of God, by the Word of God. Your memory works better. Say, my memory is intact. I remember things from long ago. I remember things from last week. I remember this sermon. So do yourself a favor and drop all the old jokes. Your youth is to be renewed like the eagle. And what a wonderful thing to include in that renewal that mind, interesting connection, isn't it? If I'm being renewed like the eagle and God teaches me in his word how to renew my mind, 
that I can have that renewing that comes with the restoration of youth. Hallelujah. Some of you are too young to be having old-timer jokes. Well, Kevin agrees with me. Hallelujah. Come on, say it. I am too young. I am too young to be joking about old-timer jokes. Compared to Methuselah, all of you are young. You get to live that long, maybe we'll give you permission. Because what you don't realize is you're empowering that thing to do more damage to you. How you been? Say, my mind is healthy. My mind is clear. My mind is healthy. My memory works just fine. Long term, short term, my memory is healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just had a senior moment. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Is that senior in high school, senior in college? What is that? Well, everybody does that. Well, there's a lot of things everybody does. You don't need to be one of them. Amen. Number four, when you're thinking, stop stinking, you have greater focus. That's a good thing to have right now, isn't it? Ability to stay the course on objectives and assignments, to see things through. Number five, perception. That is the right interpretation of things in the present. And a lot of people have a distorted perception about what's going on in the earth right now. Number six is vision. Right direction and insight for the future. Not just the present, but the future. Number seven is peace. Inner tranquility that brings wholeness outside. Wholeness without from peace within. Everybody say, I like peace. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. We can tell you all day long the promises of God, but if you don't practice these principles and get your mindset right, you're not going to have peace. How can somebody have peace when everything is breaking out against them? This principle. Because in here and in here, they're whole. All of this out here can be going haywire, but if this is set on what God thinks and the heart is set on what God values, it doesn't matter how all this other stuff is happening and what's going on. Amen? It can't touch you unless you let it in. And how many understand that your mind is a gate and you have the key? Next is understanding. Number eight, understanding. Knowledge, wisdom, and problem-solving skills. You know, when your mind is set right, you're able to do things that you can't do when you're all upset, when you're worried, when you're negative, when you're pitiful, when you're selfish, when you're thinking unscriptural thoughts. In other words, when your mind is set correctly, it performs at a higher level. And that's what glorification of the mind is all about. Aren't you glad he's at work in you? Your mind shouldn't be falling down on the job. It should be getting better all the time. Number nine, creativity. This means innovation. It means your writing skills, your communication skills, your speaking skills, everything necessary for you to be successful. That is heightened when your mindset is correct. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them, reset your mindset. Tell them again, reset your mindset. Thank you, Father. I want you to... Write these three principles down. This is going to um, encourage you how to triumph over that stinking thinking. 
how to triumph over that stinking thinking. I want you to, to go with me over to Romans again. Look at Romans 12. The broad answer to the question, how do I overcome and have triumph over stinking thinking? The broad answer is by the continuous renewing of your mind. Say it with me, the continuous, ongoing renewing of the mind. For a few weeks, Pastor? No. For six months? No. Ongoing, continuous renewing. And these three points will be under that broad statement. Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge your brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. J.B. Phillips says, Do not let yourself be squeezed into the world's mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How am I transformed? By the renewing of the mind. The day you spend not, trans not renewing your mind is a day you spend not transformed. Scripture goes on to talk about, then you're able to test and approve what God's perfect good and will is. His will is not discernible, and you can see that by implication from that last list I gave you. The will of God is not discernible when your mind is not renewed. That's why I'll tell people that don't be making big life-changing decisions when your mind is not at an apex spiritual experience. Your mind's not renewed enough to discern what you should be doing. And lo and behold, people will do this and then make horrible mistakes and say, how come God let me do that? God didn't let you do that. You're a free moral agent. You made this life-changing decision from an inferior, reduced spiritual condition. Your mindset was not right. You know, anytime you get ready to make a huge decision, everybody say huge decision. You need to make sure you're in an apex spiritual condition. Healthy enough mentally to make that decision or you're going to revisit the same kinds of mistakes and errors in your life. You cannot be in this place where the mind's not being transformed by the renewing of the mind, your life's not being transformed, and somehow try to figure out and discern what you're supposed to do. Do you know what's better is just to sit down, be quiet, and wait on God than get ahead of Him until your mind is where it needs to be? Hallelujah. He says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now watch this. The day I stop getting my mind renewed, the day I stop that transformation is the day I restart conforming. Today, right now, I'm either conforming or I am transforming. I get up tomorrow and I decide, well, you know, I don't need the word. You know, I went to church on Sunday. I'm okay. Immediately you begin to revert back to conforming to this world, the squeezing of your mind, your life into the mold of this world. Well, why doesn't the world take a break? I, I don't know. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? The devil never rests and this world never rests either. But if you're going to be walking in triumph this year, you can't afford to even have a day where you're not being transformed. There is no pause button. There is no vacation from transformation, which means there's no vacation from the renewing of the mind. Come on, say this with me. The day I stop transforming 
is the day I start conforming. Squeezing me right back into that. You see, it's an active context. It's, it's the world doing something actively to put you back where you belong. So I can't afford a day, a week, a month away from the things of God. I simply can't. Go to Ephesians 4. Let's talk about the nature of this mindset for a minute. And then I will give these to you. Uh, Ephesians 4, I'm going to look at uh, one verse there. Shout it out one more time. I'm either conforming or I'm transforming. Say it like this. When I stop transforming, I start conforming. Hadn't we had enough of the world? The Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Come on, shout that out. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Come on, let's get that deep into your heart. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's an interesting concept, the spirit of your mind. And let me explain that to you. It certainly refers to a mindset. But I want you to see this thing as an atmosphere about your mind. The spirit of your mind. The atmosphere of your mind. The environment of your mind. Everybody has a spirit of the mind. Everybody has an attitude or an atmosphere. Everybody has an environment where we would say that's the mindset of that person. And that atmosphere is determined and is really the sum of all of your exposure and the sum of all of your inputs. It's the sum of everything you're exposed to. Now, there will never be a day where you'll be absent from the spirit of the mind. You will always have that atmosphere, that environment about you. And how many of you have ever just walked up to somebody and they had an atmosphere mentally about them? You sensed instantly they were down, they were defeated, they were oppressed, they were repressed, there was something going on, they were discouraged, they were confused. There was something about the atmosphere of their mind that was off. And have you ever walked up to somebody who had the joy of the Lord, which was their strength? Amen. It's not that everything was perfect in their life or they had it all figured out. But just getting by them, you could just sense that the spirit of their mind was anything but down and depressed. They were up and faith building and life giving. Listen, we got enough people running around this town that are so-called Christians that have a depressed spirit of the mind or a defeated spirit of the mind. People ought to be able to sense Christ in you through the spirit of the mind. What atmosphere are you carrying around you? Is it faith? Is it fear? Is it hate? Is it love? Is it intimidation? Is it boldness? Is it joy? Is it despair? What is the atmosphere of your mind? It is the sum of everything you've been exposing yourself to. Now I'm the exception. You're not the exception. Come on, say it. Everybody has a spirit of the mind. Everybody has an atmosphere about them. And how did it happen? These inputs came in, and they started chewing on these things. The next thing you know, it's just like that cloud over Eeyore, except it's not over you, it's actually in you. It's actually in 
your mind. And it's something that people can pick up on. Hallelujah. You have to make sure you understand what this is, that there are no exceptions. Everybody will have an atmosphere. You control the atmosphere by keeping the mind renewed. To what? The world is trying to push you to squeeze you back into its mold. The word of God is trying to lead you back into right thinking, right acting, right believing. There's a constant tug of war going on and you can't take a vacation from renewing the spirit of your mind. Amen. What happens when you drink a bunch of booze and you get drunk? What's happening to the spirit of your mind at that time? Why do you think we call them mind-altering substances? Do you think it's an accident that they call hard liquor spirits? Are you here today? What happens is there is this invasion and the atmosphere changes. Now, you have to make up your mind up that I am going to commit myself to a lifestyle of renewing the spirit of my mind. Amen. Say it with me, a quality decision to renew the mind. Well, here they are. Number one, you need to review and recognize. Review your thoughts and recognize. Recognize what? You monitor and compare them to the word of God. You pay attention to the patterns and reactive thinking. Isaiah 55 says that God's thoughts are not what? Our thoughts, they're higher. They're not unattainable, but they are higher. They are different. In Matthew chapter 4, what did Jesus say when the devil gave him a half-truth? He shot back the word of God because he could review and he could recognize. This means that you and I need more than just a cursory knowledge of the word. We need good working knowledge of the word of God. You've heard this illustration before. How many you know there's a difference between flying a Boeing 747 versus you sitting in, in the uh, you know, cabin somewhere? So when you get off that plane, someone says, how was your flight? Oh, it was fine. That does not mean the same thing to the pilot. All of a sudden, they're somehow incapacitated. You're not going to just crawl up there and take it over because you don't have a working knowledge of flight. You don't have the training or the airtime. You've not been on the, on the simulator. You've not had the hours in that aircraft. You're not certified for that aircraft. His, his idea of working knowledge in yours, yours is I sit here, I eat the peanuts and drink the juice. His mindset is I control the aircraft's speed and I control its direction. I control, you know, its reference to the atmosphere. I control all of this by working knowledge. When the devil showed up to tempt Jesus, he was not dealing with a Sunday go-to-meeting Christian. He was dealing with somebody with working knowledge of the word, and he was able to shoot it right back out of his mouth. And notice this, you never try to beat a thought with another thought. Jesus didn't think scripture at the devil. He spoke scripture to the devil. You don't overcome a thought with a thought. You overcome a thought with a word. It is what? Written. You can't do that unless you have a working knowledge of the Word of God. So what you want to do is you want to review your thoughts and recognize when they're out of bounds. 
If it contradicts the word, it's not of God. Hey, Fred, go rob a bank. Get thee behind me, devil. That is not the word of God. Thou shalt not steal. Go take somebody else's spouse. What? Thou shalt not commit what? Adultery. You have to have that word on ready and not think it, not argue about it, not try to rationalize it. Just let it come out of your mouth and talk to yourself if you have to. I'd really like to give them a piece of my mind. I'd really like to tear them off. I'd really like just a free flow, just a cussing streak at them. That's what the flesh is saying. What's the word saying? Amen. This is what it means when I say review and recognize. And you don't fight the thought with a thought. You fight the thought with, with the word. Somewhere along the line, Christians get defeated because they stop renewing the mind, and at that moment, their working knowledge is weak, and what's left is rationalized away. I promise you this, you open up your mouth and speak the word to yourself, when you're about to be deceived, it'll open up your eyes. Can I tell you something? Some people want to be deceived. You know, you could wait till eternity, and God is not going to call evil good. If we had nine justices on the Supreme Court, they all said that this is perfectly fine, it's the will of the people, it wouldn't make it right. If everybody disagreed with God, God would still be right. Some of y'all take a poll with yourself. Well, I believe this doesn't apply to me. You know what? Amen, I believe you're right. Then the rest of yourself chimes in. I think we should go down that path. Amen. God just wants me to be happy, 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 happy. I've been miserable, but now when I've got my eyes on something I shouldn't have, I'll be happy, happy, happy. No, you won't. Because it may not be this month. It may not be this year. It may not be in 10 years for Jesus tarries, but sooner or later, the truth's going to bubble up. We need to have it bubble up immediately. That's why the renewing of the mind is so important. Say it with me. I review and I recognize. Number two, I reject and replace. I reject and I replace. What does this mean? When you find out it's not of God, when it contradicts the word of God from a working knowledge of what God's word says, you reject it. Say, I reject it. And do so quickly. Don't go finding a bunch of other carnal Christians and take a poll. Because you can find somebody to agree with you if you look hard enough. Amen. Just keep going till you find somebody. Well, I'm not alone now because somebody else thinks the same way I do. Just because somebody else agrees to your error doesn't make it true. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians for a moment. Say it with me. I reject and replace. And I renew my mind. I review and recognize. And I reject and I replace. Second Corinthians. It's a powerful scripture here. And I'm going to be at uh, chapter 10. Let me just start at verse 4. Uh, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after what? 
after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What are they? They're not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. This specifically refers to mental, you know, mental castles, mental strongholds, mental fortresses. It's specifically about the mind. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, whose responsibility is that? I have reviewed and recognized, and I now reject and replace. I have to reject that. I have to cast that down. That is not of God. That does not line up with what God's Word says. I've got a working knowledge of the Word of God, and I reject that, and I cast that down. My imagination is going off in all kinds of directions, but I just pull it back in. It is my responsibility. You say to yourself, I am not giving my mind over to that. Actively. Well, this is what you should do. Oh, I'm not giving my mind over to that. Well, you should really tell them as it is. I'm not giving my mind over to that. You should go do this and such and such. No, I'm not giving my mind over to that. You may not realize this, but you thought it long before you did it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I just woke up one day and I did it. No, 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 no. You thought about it long before you did it. And you should have cast down the vain imagination because it was exalted itself above the what? The knowledge of God. Do you see this? Don't give your mind over to that. How many you glad that um, you've grown up enough in this life to where you don't have to call mommy to come comb your hair anymore? Right now, I watch Juliana, and I notice that, uh, you know, they, they comb her hair, and, and they dress her, and, and she doesn't do any of that stuff on her own volition. I, she's not ever walked up and said, Grammy, I'd like to have a bath, please. That's just not happened. So she gets her hair combed and dressed, and she gets a bath all from her parents. Isn't that a wonderful thing? What a blessing. He's the best grandbaby ever. And she thinks that Pop Pop is tops. I made sure she believed that way, amen. <laughs> but how horrible would it be to be 30 years old, move back in with your parents, better known as the millennial, and we'll talk about Karens and Boomers in just a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, would you mind combing my hair? Could you imagine? Mom, I like to have a bath. Could you imagine? Now, there's, there's a time for you to what? To review and recognize, reject and replace, to take care of yourself. Because nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to knock on your door and say, I noticed the past couple of days you have not been renewing your mind. You have not been reviewing and recognizing, and you have not been rejecting and replacing, and I'm just here to remind you that's not going to happen. This may be the only reminder you get. Amen. Glory to God. It's your responsibility. Whose responsibility? It is mine.
Hallelujah. Number three, recommit and repeat. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know who you know you can trust those who taught you. You know where you got them from, in other words. Continue. Shout that word out, continue. Come on, say it, continue. You recommit and you repeat. In other words, after you do this, well, I'm done for a season. No, you recommit yourself to do it, and you continue to do this every single day of your life. Shout it out, review, recognize, reject, replace, recommit, and then repeat. All over again. Go to Colossians real quickly. Shout it out. Triumph over stinking thinking. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what? Things above, not on earthly things things. Set your mind where? Set. Like concrete. Set on the Word of God. Anybody here uh, recently renovate a kitchen or a room in your house? You raise your hand. I'm not going to make you come up here or anything, but you renovated something? I see that hand. <laughs> yeah, now imagine you had this great renovation done on your kitchen. And you go away on vacation for a week or two and you come back and somebody put it all back. How horrible would that be? This is exactly what's going on in the believer's minds. All this effort to get this thing renewed and it's like that, boom, it's back to the way it used to be. I think the same way, act the same way, talk the same way. No, you want to make sure this thing is consistent and continuing in your life. That's great if you review, recognize, reject, and replace. But if you stop there, it's gonna, the world's going to squeeze you right back into its mold again. You need to do is make sure you continue in this. Say, and I recommit myself, and I repeat. Go right back up to the top again. You make sure you review, and you recognize, you reject, and you replace, and you do it over and over and over again. Sounds tedious. Sounds an awful lot like works theology. It's not works theology. It's tapping into the means of grace. God's the one that does the work. But you have to put yourself in a position for the means of grace to go to work in your life, like prayer, like the Word of God. You can be as triumphant this year as you want to be. But you can't just think any old way and be triumphant. You have to do this God's way. Whatever controls the spirit of the mind controls the person. Let me say it again. Whatever controls the spirit of the mind controls the person. Now, what happens is, if you're not careful... You give yourself permission to step outside of the lines of the Word of God, and it may feel just perfectly fine in the natural, but I assure you, that is exactly how the enemy works to get his talents back in your life and in your heart. Say, you know what? This is what God's Word says. I'm going to stick to it. Some might say, well, you know what? I need to, I need to go ahead and, and you know, get myself married, get myself hitched up because I'm, I'm not getting any younger, you know. Well, first of all, you're being renewed like the eagle, so that's a lie. Amen? God's Word is not set up so that 
you need to compromise it to have a fulfilling life. Your most fulfilled life is in the boundaries that he has laid out. But too often, we don't find that out until after we go outside of those boundaries. Amen. You know, a young lady will be looking at a young man or a young man will look at a young lady, you know, and say, oh, that's, that's perfect. And, and because you're not thinking with a renewed mind, you'll see all the positive things there, but you won't discern what's really going on. Is he an axe murderer? I was in a believer's convention and Jesse DePlanis was preaching and he stopped and he said, there's a man here. He's planning on going home and killing his wife and he already has the ax underneath the bed. I mean, that's pretty specific. Watch this. He came down to the altar. I've been thinking, don't get him saved. First arrest him and then get him saved. It's crazy. But I'm standing there thinking, Holy Ghost, you know, you're awesome. Here this man comes down, his heart laid bare and had the courage to get right with God. I sure hope that woman sent a donation to Jesse DePlanis Ministries. <laughs> Is he already married? Does he have a disease? Huh? Does he pay his bills? Is he indebted up to his ears? How does he act when he's not around you? Because he just lays on the charm and he's around you. Amen. Does he have a life-controlling problem? Well, you know, uh, he's from Kentucky. Uh, he's not gay. Where's jeans? Yes, darling, but does he have a J-O-B? No. See, this is what I'm trying to tell you. When the spirit of the mind is right, when the atmosphere of the mind is right, you automatically have the ability to see these things. When the spirit of the mind is not right, you overlook those things. And see things that you want to see. And it all could have been stopped if the mind had been properly renewed and set that way. Amen. Glory to God. One more time, shout it out. Whatever controls the spirit of the mind controls the person. I don't way of knowing the condition of the spirit of your mind. I can only tell you by the grace of God and by the Holy Spirit what the condition of the spirit of my mind is. But that doesn't help you anyway. You've got to make sure that you understand and then do something about this. In the meantime, put down some things that you can decide for later. And you know what? I'm going to wait until I'm in a place where I am healthy. So I want you just to close your eyes and I want you just to make this declaration. Come on, say it boldly. In Jesus' name, every day, when I get up, first thing I'm going to say, I have the mind of Christ. I take captive every thought. I think the thoughts of God. 
I reap the rewards of a renewed mind. Come on, one more time. Shout it out. I have the mind of Christ. I take captive every thought. I think the thoughts of God. I reap the rewards of a renewed mind. And they are many. 